Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of Inside the Huddle. I'm uh, your host, Sammy Jacobs. We have TJ Inman, our co-host, coming in to talk with us. We have a, a big show today, a lot of news uh, going on. We have, um, we're going to welcome uh, Will Salmon of the uh, Oplica uh, Auburn News to talk about IU's newest commitment of Tyus Flakes. And uh, we'll welcome back Lyndon Ostrander uh, of the Tampa Tribune to uh talk a, a little Jonathan Crawford and some recruits down there. Uh, but the biggest news right now uh, was the arrest of uh, Antonio Allen. <clears throat> and TJ, uh, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am doing uh, doing pretty well. I'm doing much better than, uh, than the IU football community is doing at the moment. Uh, definitely shocking news last night. Yeah, it was definitely a shock. Um, you know, it, it came across the wire uh, late last night. Antonio Allen was arrested uh, for felony drug charges uh, for dealing, uh, you know, cocaine, heroin, and uh, methamphetamine. Uh, he's looking at um, probably between 10 to 30 years in prison. So right now, football is probably the last thing on his mind. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see how this plays out. Right now, it does not look good for Kevin Wilson and uh, the Indiana football program. That is three arrests since the middle of April. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we do have great guests coming on and we only have a half hour. Uh, We'll touch on this a little bit more on the site. So if you go to Hoosier Huddle, we'll have uh, how it affects the program, uh, what we think about it. And, uh, you know, I, I... the facts are out there uh, right now. Um, he was arrested on a warrant by state police. Uh, the state police don't mess around. Um, this is not a, oh, he was, uh, you know, an illegal consumption or uh, you know, smoking a little weed in the dorm. Uh, this is a major, major deal. Um, felony charges that will change the course of, of this young man's life. And uh, it, it's pretty serious, and, and it could have major uh backlash on the on the Indiana football program and our hope is that uh, no other football players were involved although signs point to somebody must have known uh, this was a big uh, drug bust somebody had to know uh, roommates had to have known um, whether or not he lived with other football players uh, is unknown at the moment uh, to us but you have to think that somebody must have noticed this uh, and and we'll see where it goes from here. So so keep a Hoosier huddle, and we'll uh, stay updated uh, right now. Uh, and right now, we'd like to to welcome Will Salmon of uh, the Opica uh, Auburn News. Uh, Will, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, Will. All right, I guess we're having some technical difficulties there. Uh, TJ, what are your thoughts on Antonio Allen real quick? Yeah, I think you said it very well. This is uh, These are really serious allegations. Um, you know, any time that uh, someone's arrested, it's a serious matter, but these are you know, these are felony charges, um, and we, we would like to, to emphasize that Antonio Allen, um, innocent until proven guilty in America. 
Um, but we can just talk about the charges as we know them currently, and they are very serious. Uh, this is this is stuff that you you would to hear about in any circumstance, especially from a young man that had so much uh, so much promise on the football field. Uh, I'm not going to come on here and do what a lot of media people and coaches will do, which is to say, oh, he's a great young man that just made a mistake. I don't know Antonio Allen. I never met Antonio Allen. This is more than just, quote-unquote, a mistake. Um, if this stuff is true, this is a series of incredibly bad choices that is going to cost him years and years of freedom. Um, so, I, you know, like you said, we can only hope that no more football players uh, are a part of it. And um, from a strictly football standpoint, you know, IU does have some options at safety behind him. But make no mistake, Antonio Allen was going to be one of the three or four better defensive players on on this team's uh, defense. So losing him is going to have a negative impact on the football field. Um, you know, if Allen was a negative influence in the locker room, it's not something that we're aware of, but that is a possibility. Uh, you know, if that's the case and if some of the younger players that are underneath him on the depth chart, guys like Tony Fields, Keontae Walton, uh, maybe a Jonathan Crawford, who we'll talk about a little bit later with Lyndon, um, maybe they can step up and then fill the role adequately. But uh, from a just strictly legal perspective, like you said, that's three arrests since April uh, with Ralph Green and Griffiths. Uh, that's that's a really, really negative thing to surround your program, particularly when you haven't had a lot of success on the field and the pressure is definitely yep. building on Kevin Wilson. There's there's really no no two ways to look at it. Um Yep. And T J we're gonna the, transition. The, I think we got Will on the line. Oh um, great, great. Uh Will, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for uh thanks for having me guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, sorry, we had a, a, a little bit of late news last night uh, with Antonio Allen, but we're going to transition to some good news. Uh, last week, Tyus <laughs> Blake's a running back uh, from the Auburn High School, uh, committed to Indiana. And um, Will, can you tell us a little bit about Tyus? Uh, what's he like as a player, uh, as a person, uh, and is he a, a good fit for Indiana's offense right now? You know, Tyus was probably the one guy who I looked forward to the most in checking out this season. Um, and when I went to uh, to Auburn High spring practices, uh, it didn't really take long for 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 me to learn why people kept telling me about him. Um, Auburn High, they, they go pretty hard in their practices. Uh, you know, defense is trying hard. He's trying hard. And uh, from from like the first touches, I mean, he's. Uh, on, on seven on sevens after practice, uh, middle of practice, he, he's going all the way for touchdowns for scores, almost every other play, and it was almost like jaw dropping in the way he was able to do that. And you know, it was un- obviously the injury is unfortunate. I think it actually happened. Um, I think I had gone to their practice uh, two days prior to to the practice where it actually happened. Uh, so obviously it's unfortunate. Um, but as as far as from from how he is as an individual, I think he was uh, he, he's always been a very approachable guy. I mean, whenever 
um, right away when I had questions about other players on, on his team. He was the, he was the one guy who always uh, was willing to help me out with that, um, whether it was somebody who was kind of like under the radar that I wanted to feature or get to know. He, he was the guy on the team who would, who would be like, you know, this is the guy you should talk to. This is the guy who, who's up and coming. He was, he was very good like that, and it's very hard to find the um, high school kid with that sort of maturity that will – would be willing to kind of like share the spotlight, if you will, and more than willing to, you know, uh, speak out for his teammates in, in that regard as well. Um, so, I mean, to kind of find the silver lining in, in the injury itself and the whole experience, I mean, uh, when you when you get these kids who are committing, who are, you know, 18, 19 years old, I mean, they're the one thing they're a lot of them are lacking in is sort of adversity because they're they're the, um, uh, the upper echelon of, of athletes, um, so they, they they haven't really uh, a lot of times they haven't really uh, had that slap of adversity in their face. And I mean he he he's getting a, a hard one, if you will, um, right right here. And I, I think he's going to be better for it. I think he has the mentality um, and the maturity where he will be better for it. And he's not the first guy who's, who's going to be coming off of an ACL injury. Won't be the last. Um, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Uh, had, had a very good career with Indiana. Uh, well, there have been rumors flying around that he is going to sit out his senior season, or at least part of his senior season. Um, can you tell us what, what the timetable is a little bit on this uh, injury? Uh, I don't I don't think he's um, planning on playing this season, uh, from, from what I've been told. Uh, I think uh, I think he was told. I think he was asked not to uh, play by by Indiana, actually, and I think he's going to uh, uphold that wish. I think it's. I think that's probably. I think it was. I think it was made pretty clear to him that they didn't want him to kind of go back out there and risk more injury uh, because there's there's not even a, really a point in doing that. Um, he kind of showcased what he could do in in both his sophomore and junior seasons anyway, and um, for, from the from the high school perspective. Uh, the high school team is just going to have to do it without him. I mean, I think they're pretty aware of that at this point. Um, and and I, I don't see it as beneficial to any, any party of him um, further risking injury. Um, that said, I think with uh, with most ACL injuries, uh, his included, uh, he probably, from what I was told, probably uh, does some football activities during – during the season, toward the end of the season, that where he's able to do them, I don't. He's not. I, I'd be shocked if he touched the field. I don't, like I said, I don't think he's going to be doing that. Or he, uh, from, I think he's told in the end that he won't do that either. So um, I don't think there's anything to worry about from that standpoint. Uh, looks like I said, there's nothing really to gain from from him playing. Um, but uh, like I said before, uh, so Indian, he, he yeah. isn't the only. Uh, you know, he's not the only kid who's who's coming off of an injury. Uh, I, I, don't see it as being an issue. He's not somebody who's had injuries before as well. So it's, I, I don't see his health being uh, much of a question mark after this. Uh, so Indiana has been peppering uh, down south. This is the, the first commit they've gotten in uh, Alabama. What's the perception of the program uh, down in Alabama right now for for Indiana? You know, that, that was the thing too. It was it was kind of interesting um, when when people first heard it was Indiana. I think people were taking not really taking it back in a negative sense, just a little bit surprised because it's it's not you know, Indiana isn't the school where 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 these guys are going really or or, or visiting for that matter. Um, but Ty's kind of put it to me because um, I asked him first. I mean, obviously his situation's different than many, 
um, with the reason of why he chose Indiana and how that played out. Um, but one thing he did mention was the fact that, you know, as a, as a three-star guy, he, he was looking for a program um, that was kind of on the rise itself. And he sees that in, in the, um, I guess the commitments that they've landed over the past couple of years. And I think that adds to further intrigue about the program. And you really just need one or two guys off the bat from, from an area to, to kind of get that ball rolling. And once you have that, then obvious uh, interest perks back up in, in whatever program it is. Right, people Will, watch on TV, think... family and friends. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah, Will, I was wondering, why Why do you think that uh, some of the mid to – I can understand why you know Alabama and Auburn weren't uh, – weren't in on them. Why do you think some of the mid-level SEC schools weren't particularly going hard after Tyus and that, that he was able to, Indiana was able to get him out of the South um, with that a ton of resistance from, from some of the higher level programs? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think, I think the answer is kind of like twofold. I think you have to um, understand it was uh, the injury, of course, um, was there, but even before that, I think a lot of it has to do with his size. Uh, he's about five eight, five nine, one hundred ninety five pounds, and that's more or less what I am. And I'm not—I I was never a Division One running back, so you know, I, I think that his size doesn't really do him any favors. Add more muscle or anything like that, or add to his frame, but uh, it more or less is what it is. Um, and he really—you you can only do so much about that. So I think that was a, a huge hindrance to to his. Uh, to his recruiting uh, process there, um, but he 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 he's pretty explosive. I think um, a big reason why he kind of fits in the end is, is because he's able to hit gaps and uh, he's kind of like an all-around back as well, where he can do a couple of different things. Um, from what I was told, they run sort of like a gap scheme, and they want somebody mm-hmm. who can hit those holes, and he, he's somebody who can. Um, he's pretty explosive in, in that way, and when he when he gets out there, nobody's touching him. Uh, he's that fast. And it, he, he's pretty much an all-around back, which is a, what I was told what they were looking for in in this recruit. So I think that I think that's I think his size was the big reason why a lot of SEC SEC schools shied away from him, and uh, really didn't didn't have he didn't really have the interest from them because of that. And then of course the injury where he did have uh, upward of I think a dozen or a, at least a dozen I think fourteen was the number of offers that that he had, um, but once and. and just to speak to the type of kid that he is, I mean, he was, um, from what my recording has led me to believe, he was very, very upfront with the fact that, okay, this this is what happened. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be missing this season. The injury is what it is. And obviously, if you're a, if you're a college recruiter, you know, one of your guys, one of your uh, possible targets tells you he has an ACL injury, you're, there's a very, very good chance you're just going to move on to the next guy, um, especially mm-hmm. you can, you know, with whatever program you run, um, because there's just, just a surplus of, you know, pretty good talent. And uh, Todd Flakes is great, but he's not a, uh, you know, he's, he's not in a class by himself. Uh, you know, there are there are peer, there are his peers that are, you know, very similar. Um, so I think that also obviously had a had a huge impact, and that, that was the big reason why, from what he told me, uh, was the reason why he chose Indiana. Uh, was because they were willing to uh, more or less tell him, hey, hey you're, you're still our guy, and we still believe in you 100%. Sure. Right, Will. Uh, we'll get you out on this question. Um, who, who uh, either a major college player from the past or an NFL player, but who does he uh, remind you of or compare to 
at those levels? That's that's a pretty good question. You know, I was I was mulling that in my head, and you know, I, I wish I had seen uh, more more game action of him to kind of give you a, a better answer um, of him. Because just, I mean, I don't really have somebody off the top off the top of my head who I could uh, kind of pinpoint as a as a good comp. I just know that from a, from a high school standpoint, at least from this area, he was in a class by himself, and. That, I think I think a year from now that that gives Indiana a lot to look forward to. All right, Will. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Tell us where we could uh, read some of your stuff and follow you on Twitter uh, before you uh, get out of here. Sure. Um, most of our articles on on any preps related stuff, including uh, and we'll probably do uh, also a follow up on on Tyus as well later on. Um, before the season gets going, uh, you can check that out at oanow.com and you can follow me on Twitter at oanowpreps. All right. Thank you, Will. It was a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again uh, when uh, Tyus' commitment becomes official and and he signs with the Hoosiers and is on his way to Bloomington. Gotcha. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Will. Thanks. All right. Now we're going to welcome on... uh, uh, Lyndon Ostrander uh, from the Tampa Tribune. Uh, Lyndon, how are you today? Great. Um, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing we're doing okay. We had a bit of uh, earth-shattering news last night uh, in terms of Antonio Allen's arrest. I don't want to beat it to death, but it is a uh, big deal, and it's going to affect recruiting, and it's going to affect the safety position, and IU is now probably looking at uh, two safeties for next year's class instead of one, and um, uh, uh, they're looking down in in your area, and Craig Watts is a guy who they've uh, been talking to. It might be a pipe dream, but uh, he's one of the guys down there. Um, We talked about him a little bit last week, but um, first of all, I want to talk about Jonathan Crawford. He's one of the guys who could step in for Antonio Allen. Uh, You said last time, Lyndon, that uh, Crawford has a a body that's ready to play. Is there anything else uh, that Hoosier fans need to know uh, about Jonathan Crawford before this season starts? Well, first, you know, he's six foot two. He has a long frame. Um, He comes in the box, just to describe his style of play, he comes in the box, can stop the run, but he also can cover the middle of the field with his frame, so he has a little bit of range. But the one thing I like about him is his competitive fire. I mean, this kid is, is, is a wants to win. Um, he raises the level of play of his other of his teammates, um, and he's just a surefire winner and competitor. He's always the guy to be clapping after the hit and um, getting his guys going. Um, so he, his definitely his confidence is something that exudes and it showed even in basketball. Um, so I think I like that, those kind of those kind of traits in, in a player, especially a freshman. Yeah. Um... Is there any way Indiana's thin at, at corner? Um, they look now to be thin at safety. Um, does he have the ability to, to move the corner, or uh, is he just strictly a safety? Sure, in the perimeter, he's able to cover the, you know, the 10 intermediate routes and cover the middle of the field. I definitely think he could do that. He's got a long frame to get position on receivers, um, and he's got the speed. Um, he, he might not be as fast as Craig Watts, maybe a little bit slower, um, but he's, he's definitely a good perimeter defender. Um, he, he's definitely versatile. Um, he had to do that all the time at Largo, you know, covering the perimeter, coming in the box. He's used to playing all over. He's not just used to being a one, one trick pony. Um, he can do multiple things. So I think definitely he could cover the pass and help in on that effect. 
All right, we'll uh, move over to uh, Craig Watts for a little bit. Uh, I, I do think Jonathan Crawford's going to be a major player this year um, since Antonio Allen's likely off the team, uh, given the circumstances and the evidence that has come out. Uh, but Craig Watts is a, a four-star guy. He's a national top uh, two or 300 uh, by 247's composite. Uh, right now, his crystal ball predictions favor Ohio State over uh, Florida State and Florida. Uh, but what kind of shot does Indiana have now that they have an extra safety spot open? Um, I was told that, that Craig was in contact with Allen about why you should come to IU. Um, how are IU's prospects on, on Watts? Well, I, I know you mentioned earlier you thought it was a pipe dream. I would have to disagree. I, I don't. I don't think it's a long shot. I know that Indiana is in the top of his list. Um, they're pretty high, um, and they've been with him since the beginning. Um, they were the first school to offer him, and they have that kind of connection with him. And he has a great relationship with Greg Fry. Um, and so, when you add that all together, um, I think Indiana has a really good shot, and I think he would fit in well with with what you guys do and stopping the run in the Big Ten. Uh, I think it's definitely a possibility, and I think that they're up there with Ohio State and others. Um, so I think that Indiana definitely definitely has a shot, um, and they're going to be the, they're going to be there till the end. I think I don't think Indiana is going to drop out of the list. I think they're going to be there to stay um, towards the end of the home stretch. Is there a timetable on when he's going to commit? I, you know, I know uh, Wilson doesn't like to rush his. Uh, prospects to to commit early. He wants them to take looks around, make sure they're making the right choice for themselves. Uh, since college is one of life's biggest decisions, is there a timetable Watts has for himself to to make a decision? Well, he stated on tw- Twitter last month that he wanted to decide on his mother's birthday, July fourteenth. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of a little bit later than that. Um, I um, we'll see. He said July fourteenth, so that's what we think that. that uh, publicly, that's the date. Personally, I think that might be pushed back a little bit further. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, sometime just before the start of the season, maybe August. But it could go all the way to signing day. I mean, it really could. I, there's no real, like, definite um, thing. But he says publicly on Twitter, going to be the 14th. I just think it's going to be a little bit later. All right. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye out on the 14th then as well. Um, if it is a little bit later, it's a little bit later. Uh, it is the summer, and you know, we could use all the uh, commit watching we can. Um, can you tell us, you know, I asked um, Will this before about Tyus Flakes, but uh, having watched Craig Watts play and know him a little bit, who do you think he compares to at either the next level or, or the NFL? Who who would you compare him best to? Oh, boy. Maybe a Paul Amalu, maybe a guy who just kind of nice in and just blows, blows plays up in the backfield. He has great in, instincts, instinctual play. Um, he's able to diagnose them immediately, and he just comes and lays the hammer in the backfield before they even have a chance to begin. He just blows the play up. So probably a Troy Palomalu, an explosive player who gets in the backfield like that. Um, and I also want to say on Jonathan Crawford, the one thing I like about him, he's a ball hawk. You know, he's a really, you know, he diagnoses plays really well and he reads and reacts. But back to Watts, probably a Troy Palomalu, someone who gets in the backfield and blows him up. He's also improved on his cover skills. He's getting better at that. So he's not, he's not a one-trick pony either. And he's a, he's a premier player um, that Indiana should probably be going all in for. And he's definitely worth it. Right. Uh, is he going to be playing offense? I know he's he's uh, played a little running back in the past. He might is he be. going to be uh, playing uh, offense in his senior, senior season? 
I think you might see a little bit of action there. I mean, the school he's at, they just got a, a quarterback who transferred in yesterday, actually, um, who's at one of the top quarterbacks in the county. So they, they might see him at running back. Um, Coach talks about it a little bit. So that, that could be a possibility. He, as you mentioned, he played it growing up. He's used to the position. He likes to play running back. Um, but I think in the future, you're going to see him at safety. <laughs> so, so he likes to hit people as well as, as tote the rock. Um, Lyndon, uh, thanks for coming on real quick to talk about these things. Uh, we'd love to have you on again uh, to talk about uh, some things. But uh, before before I let you go, uh, one of the big topics in the off season has been uh, satellite camps. Uh, I, I saw that you had posted pictures of Jim Harbaugh at the uh, South Florida camp. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the, the satellite camps, what the benefits are for Big Ten teams, and kind of uh, why all these Southern coaches uh, in the SEC are, are complaining about them? Well, satellite camps is when one school comes to another school, like Michigan came to USF and they put on a camp together. Um, I think it, it benefits a team who's going like a team like Michigan. If they're going to USF, it benefits Michigan more because they're branding their name. They get to recruit kids there by going by having this camp. All these kids see them. They can they can give them offers right on the spot. They can evaluate the talent. I think it helps someone who's um, like a bigger school, like a, a Michigan and Indiana, Ohio State. If, if they're coming to your home state, I think it benefits them more. To be perfectly honest, I don't see the benefit of um, any school putting on a satellite camp that's a lower-tier school or something like that. I just don't see the benefit. I think it really helps schools like Michigan and Indiana so they can get more kids and and stuff like that. So I can understand why schools in the SEC wouldn't want other schools coming to put on satellite camps because it can take away kids and it can take away recruits from their school. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and USF, they're not a a one double-A team. They're a a former Big East team. I, I think they're in the American now, but who knows what conference they're in. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not a small team either. Uh, you know, so it was interesting to see that uh, Michigan would partner with USF uh, to go down there and, and throw on one of these camps uh, that, you know, as you said, takes away recruiting time uh, for USF. Uh, so th- that's, yeah, it's it's something that might be looked at, might be changed. Uh, I think that it gives the northern schools a little bit more um, exposure down south. These kids uh, a lot of times cannot fly or afford to fly up to Michigan or Indiana or Ohio, um, and it's a long drive. I've done that drive a couple of times, and it's uh, it's it's a long drive for a weekend. But uh, Lyndon, thanks for for joining us, jumping on. Uh, always a pleasure. Hey, tell us where to where to follow you, where to read your stuff. Um, uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, Linden underscore O, so L-Y-N-D-E-N underscore O. And I was just meaning that um, USF was just smaller than Michigan. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a small school by any means, but it's a little bit smaller than a Big Ten school like Michigan or Iowa State coming down there. So I just think most people in the nation would say that satellite camps are – it's an adverse effect and it's not a good thing. Um, and I think it's, it's – like I said, I think it's beneficial to, to one side. Um, but, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Linden O, L-Y-N-D-E-N underscore O. Awesome. Thank you, Lyndon. Always a pleasure talking to you, uh, and we'll be in contact, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you around July if, um, when and if uh, Craig Watts uh, commits. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, thank you, Lyndon. TJ, some, some great stuff from Lyndon and both Will. Uh, it, it looks like Indiana has some staying power in the south. 
which is good to hear after everything that has come out in the last uh, 12 to 24 hours. Um, you know, going back to the Antonio Allen piece, just to close the show, um, we hope there's nobody else involved from the team. Uh, we wish him the best of luck in the legal system. Right now it does not look good for him. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it is America, and he's innocent until proven guilty. Um, but right now the, the evidence is pointing towards he was running a major drug ring out of his apartment. And, uh, you know, you'd have to think that his roommates knew. You hope the roommates are not football players. Or you hope his, the roommates – were not involved at all, even if they were not football players. But now arrests are becoming a thing at IU. You have the basketball program had a handful of arrests in the last year and a half. The football team has had three arrests in the last three months. What's going on leadership-wise? Has Crean and Wilson, you know, Crean came down hard on uh, Devin Davis and and Hannah Perea. Uh, Is Wilson going to come down hard on on all these guys now? Uh, Or is he... You know, you'd have to assume Antonio Allen's going to be dismissed from the team uh, sooner, probably right. rather than later. Uh, the, Ralph Green and Isaac Griffith, while serious charges and, and and not you know not a joking matter, but they're misdemeanor uh, misdemeanor charges. They're not felony drug charges. Uh, they could be gone for two games, and who knows if you drop the hammer on him uh, on them, uh, maybe it sends a message and straightens this stuff out. But leadership has to be questioned, and, you know, maybe Fred Glass's leadership has to be questioned. Uh, you know, is his policies on, you know, uh, is he giving these coaches too much autonomy on punishments? Uh, is it his time to, to put his foot down and say, hey, this is enough. We're embarrassing the university. We're embarrassing uh, our sports programs. Uh, is enough enough? So uh, that that's that's my take on it. It's um, a fork in the road. Uh, so to speak, and hopefully IU uh, survives this. Yeah, yeah, I think those are all good points, and I think it's probably a, a larger topic that we could take on 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 another week, um, you know, on the podcast. Cause I do think that there are some very interesting questions to be asked and considered uh, when looking at the larger picture of the two flagship programs. Um, yeah, arrests arrests are becoming quote unquote a thing at IU and. And you don't want a few events to turn into uh, more than a few events and then for the national perception to get established because once it gets established, it's very, very difficult for that perception to be reversed. Um, So, yeah, I think that those are all good questions for us to consider at a later date. In the meantime, uh, hopefully no other bad developments occur within this next week and and uh, maybe we get a couple more commitments and, and have a have a good news podcast. But there were some very interesting things said by said by Lyndon uh, in regards to Jonathan Crawford. I think his size six two, uh, and he said he had a ready made body for for D one. Uh, he's an interesting option at, at safety, and and there are going to be some guys that maybe we didn't expect to contribute all that much this season, like Walton Fields and Crawford, that are suddenly in the spotlight. So. That'll be something else to consider as we move forward here. Absolutely, TJ, and we always want a good, uh, you know, a good news podcast. Uh, if anything else develops, we might have to go into scramble mode and have a podcast maybe on a Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but uh, TJ, thanks for for jumping on. Uh, we we thank our guest uh, Will Salmon uh, and 
uh, Lyndon Ostrander, and, and thanks to Nick uh, for talk, reaching out to these guys and booking them. Uh, he's a big help, um, and, and they're great guests. Uh, TJ, enjoy your weekend. Uh, don't I, I don't want to hear you in the police blotter this weekend. So uh, we at Hoosier Huddle uh, do not stand for uh, police blotter nonsense. Uh, so be well. Yeah, uh, no selling drugs from me. Yep, yep. Uh, just continue your good work, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. All right. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk next Wednesday. All right, and uh, that'll do it for our show this week. You can follow us at HoosierHuddle.com as well as at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. Uh, Thank you, and have a great day.